0: Welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. Well, today is March 26, 2020, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Today we continue our series that is really looked to equip families during this COVID-19 Uh, crisis and pandemic that we're going through as a country and so yesterday we helped you think through how you could counsel your children through this crisis, how you could come alongside of your children, especially those who are from a trauma-informed background or those foster children that are in your home or those children that have come home through adoption in your family, as well as talk to an infectious disease doctor about what really to expect with COVID-19 and this pandemic that's sweeping throughout our country and throughout the world. And today we want to talk specifically about educational resources. We know that for many in our country, You are now a homeschool parent and you didn't expect to be a homeschool parent. So we want to bring you some resources and the ways that we can help you and the ways to just get some practical guidelines and guidance on how to be helped through this process of of nurturing your children, of educating your children, and helping your children while school is out of session by helping them continue on with their learning and their growth and their development. And so we are going to be joined today by Ann Mara Hinton, who works for Lifeline Children's Services as our educational consultant, and she also leads our Bridge Educational Service Ministry, as well as Cheryl Turner who is an adopted mom and a homeschool uh, aficionado, as well as my sweet wife, Ashley Newell, who has been homeschooling our kids uh, for the last decade. And so we hope that these ladies can give just some real good insight and deep insight onto how to care for our children, how to care for the needs of your children educationally while you are in a state of social distancing. But before we get to these ladies, I do wanna just mention Bridge Educational Services. And these are services that we have for our families so that you can uh, help your children who've been through hard places, trauma-informed background, or having learning differences, be able to cope through their educational journey, either in a homeschool environment or in a public or private school environment. These services are no more needed or are, are needed even more now during this pandemic. And so you can get more information, uh, Bridge Educational Services at lifelinechild.org backslash bridge. Again, that's lifelinechild.org backslash bridge. Well, ladies, Thanks for joining us today, and thanks for being a part of the Defender Podcast. And um, you know, one of the things that really has has happened because of this pandemic is that schedules or routines have been uh, absolutely upended. Uh, and this, you know, a lot of times, and, and there've been different funny jokes that have gone on, I, I believe, on the internet and others that have said, "I never expected a homeschool, and now I'm a homeschool parent." But the truth of the matter is, is even for homeschool moms, life has become a lot more difficult and a lot more challenging so first and foremost what kind of schedule or routine would you recommend one generally in homeschooling but especially right now in this time and how does a parent juggle schedules if they work full-time and maybe they're even trying to work full-time from home in a remote standpoint what would you suggest on a schedule or routine for your children
1: I'll jump in um, and uh, get us started. So, um, you know, that's one of the questions that I I hear a lot. And I do, um, I think that really depends. And and, and Ashley and Cheryl, you can jump in too, on you as a family and um, what... um, I think it is important that we do keep uh, some sort of routine with our kids, especially if they are doing some online school uh, work through uh, their schools, at, if they're in public school or, or private school. But um, it is a little bit diff- different when we're in the midst of like uncertainty and the circumstances are different. So I think you have to remain flexible. I mean, there are so many things that uh, that the kids are are working through emotionally and socially, and um, so I think it's important to remember all those kind of things. But it's also important to sit, keep some sort of routine, some sort of normalcy to uh, to their schedule to their day.
2: I completely agree. Um, In our house, we have a whiteboard and we put the whiteboard up in the kitchen every day, especially for adopted children and foster children to have some sense of knowing what's coming from that day. And we put breakfast, lunch, and dinner on the schedule so they'll know, yes, we're going to eat today. And we have schoolwork up on the board and we have chores up on the board and things that they know throughout the day. Although it doesn't have a specific time unless it's something very specific, which of course now we don't have much of that, but if there's a specific meeting on the computer or something they need to do, that time is on the board. But everything else is generic, and, but it's left up there so that they can see that those are things that we need to get done throughout the day. So they have some sense of knowing and that knowledge just helps them during this uncertain time.
3: Yeah, and I would just say too, like these ladies have said, just in these uncertain times, just to try to keep it simple. Um, but also, you know, be flexible with your, with your schedule. If you try for me personally, I've tried rigid schedules with our homeschooling and then math takes an hour and a half and you thought it was going to take an hour. And then the whole rest of your schedule, quote unquote, is wonky for the rest of the day. And so I think if you just kind of have a general guideline of these are the things we'd like to accomplish today, um, and kind of set that expectation that that helps kids know, what's coming, but it also doesn't put you in a box and feeling like, ah, I failed if I didn't get these things done in this certain amount of time.
0: Yeah. And, and Mara specifically, as we think about these families that are trying to work remotely from home, that uh, they still have their full-time jobs going on. And now they're trying to also uh, commandeer and coach and oversee their, their child's education. What suggestions would you give for those parents?
1: yeah I think uh, you know definitely the flexibility of the schedule, and you know sometimes that might mean that school might not happen to until the afternoon or um, until uh, later on in the evening, or there's also the the idea of you know hiring a tutor, hiring someone looking out to your community, um, talking to others in your community. Uh, through Zoom, of course, or some kind of means, keep your distance, but, you know, um, to really engage with your community and others that may be uh, able to help you with the education of your kids, and so um, that's the benefit of technology. It's a beautiful thing, so I would definitely say don't feel like you've got to take it all, all, all on yourself, that there are people that are willing to help meet those needs, uh, outside of your immediate home too.
0: Yeah. And so right now, I mean, we, we talk about schedule, but, but actually I'll look to you like what general encouragement would you give to these new homeschooling families, these families who, you know, probably a lot of them said ain't never going to homeschool ever. (laughs) You know, that's the last thing I'd ever want to do. And now all of a sudden they're in a situation where, they are homeschooling. What encouragement would you give to those families?
3: Yeah. So I would say just, just know that homeschooling is difficult. uh, Even if you decided that that's what you were going to do for your family. And most families who are new to homeschooling in this season, they didn't make that decision. That decision was made for them. So I would say to give yourself a lot of grace And although I've been homeschooling for nine years, I still reach out to people all the time in my community, my church, I reach out to Cheryl and Ann Mara and ask them for help. And so don't feel um, bad about yourself as a parent or as a new homeschooler if you need to reach out for help, um, because you will need to reach out for help. And Anne and Mara and I were actually having a conversation earlier and the likelihood that those listening know someone who's been homeschooling is very high because of the popularity that it's gaining in our country. And so um, I would just encourage you to reach out to people. Um, I would also just encourage you that just to expect difficulties because um, we have this saying in our house, the expectations versus reality. And if you expect everything just to be a, a primrose path and then it's not, then you and your kids are both going to be disappointed. So um, and then just also remember that God is faithful and that, um, he, he's called us to this right now unexpectedly, but yet he's still called us to do this and, um, he will be faithful even if it doesn't look exactly like you thought it was going to look.
0: Yeah. And so certainly flexibility tends to be that, uh, that rule of thumb and remembering that, uh, there's a lot of flexibility even in a very formal school setting you know, we don't think there is, but there is a whole lot of, of of flexibility, and and typically, even they're educating to the least common denominator to make sure that every child is understanding the concepts. And so, you may feel like you didn't get as much done as you needed to, but you really you really got a whole lot more accomplished than you think you did. And so, Cheryl, you know, I've I've mentioned this before when you've been on the Defender podcast, and. And I remember you said you didn't 100% remember this, but I was at uh, Johnny Ray's with you and JT when y'all started selling me on this concept of homeschooling. And of course you little did you know what the Lord was doing in my heart for our own family. But what are some of the educational benefits that you would say of having your kids home during this time? What, what are those educational benefits?
2: Well, one of the primary things is that we can focus on the basics we are doing math facts every single day. Uh, my kids are learning to use a keyboard or typing um, every single day. We are, we're together, um, which obviously is one of the things that's hard because God often reflects our own sin through our children's lives back back toward us so that we're seeing that very clearly. But it just gives us um, kind of a barometer of Um, What we're teaching when we're teaching it to our children, we're able to immediately see whether they're understanding that concept or not, and whether they need more time on something or not. So if a child gets a math concept and they get it in five minutes, then okay, let's move on. But if it takes that child, you know, 30 minutes or an hour. Um, then that's okay too. We can be flexible with that amount of time and we get a very good grasp of what our kid knows when we're sitting right next to them and able to to spend that one-on-one time with them. We're able to see that pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and, and even as we think about just going through the basics, uh, you know, a lot of times, and maura we get to homeschool situations and we're teaching a concept in a new and a different way. You know, I even think about math facts that Cheryl mentioned, you know, uh, my oldest son, uh, you know, there was not a math fact that he didn't just absolutely get instantly was able to turn it around. Um, you know, and then it's just, it's, it's funny that Gene uh, missed each of the other children in different ways and in different degrees even to the point where I was helping my youngest, even last week as I'm at home more often with a math fact and noticing that it was a lot harder for her because of some learning differences that she has to grasp the same fact. What would you say to a parent who may be teaching a child that has different learning differences or has to teach a concept in a new or a different way?
1: Yeah, I think that this is a great opportunity to be able to really, as Cheryl said, have the opportunity uh, to to see how our kids learn and uh, to see what works and to be able to play around with that and to be able to give them the confidence that it doesn't have to always be the, the one way. And I mean, that's the way it is in life. I mean, it would be great you know i think we would all love it if life always went exactly the 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 way that if we had these instructions and we could just follow them and everything would be exactly perfect all the time but that that's not that's not how life is that's not how god's created our our culture and our world and so it, it gives us a chance to really uh be able to explore and be able to really see how god has made our children and be open to maybe the fact that they might get something a little bit differently and not being afraid of doing something a little different than maybe uh, we've uh, a different approach than maybe we've tried in the past. And so there's so many resources out there for, uh, for families to kind of look at just the opportunity to do something a little differently to help those kids.
0: Yeah, and Amar, I know we're only what? 10 days at this place now for most families that are homeschooling and for a lot of those spring break has been worked into that somewhere but they're probably already families that going I gotta have a tutor right and I, I can't do this alone what do you say about a tutor what's the best way to find a tutor and even how can bridge help with tutoring that might be necessary for educating at home
1: uh, sure, I would definitely say please reach out to us. Uh, there's uh, a place on our web on the Lifeline, um, uh, Lifeline website that they can uh, reach out and say, hey, can you guys recommend help um, uh, with us to find someone that might be a good fit for my child. And I'd say please, please, you know, reach out. We'd love to, to help in that area. Uh, we do. Bridge does have tutors online and we've been doing online tutoring for about a year now. And so uh, we already have some people that are lined up that would love to be able to help out. And that, and, and it also makes us feel like we're, we're, we're needed <laughs> and that we can do something to help others, too. So, yeah, just please reach out to us and we'll be happy to connect you with some people that would be able to help.
0: Cheryl and Ashley, I think y'all can speak firsthand to this, that while Cheryl, you may not be necessarily a tutor, you do teach a co-op class. And certainly there was a time with one of our children with math uh, that Ashley felt like, you know what, we're just not jihad on the math thing. And so uh, she was able to sign up for your math class. Why don't y'all just help reassure families that if you've got to get help outside of yourself, that that doesn't mean you're a failure.
2: Yes, absolutely not. I mean, I don't expect anybody to come to me who has a broken arm. I cannot help them. I don't expect anybody to come to me who needs help with French. I I don't have that expertise. And that doesn't make anybody a failure because it's not your area of expertise. There are educators out there right now and um, whether they're homeschool moms or they work in a public school system or they're even a college student or recently graduated and they're out of work and, and they have an area of expertise. We're just doing exactly what we would do every day. When you need food, you go to the grocery store. When you need medicine, you go to the pharmacy. When you need help with education, you get educational, um, people who are already, you know, either teaching at home or they're teaching somewhere or tutoring somewhere. Absolutely not. It just means that you're being resourceful and you're using, um, you know, you're, you're really stewarding your your resources that way when you are seeking outside help. We have a child with uh, learning challenges as well. And when we realized that we were having difficulties and he was not able to learn in the same way that many other kids were able to learn and he was pretty far behind, we sought out experts for that. And they have done things for my child that I could have never done for my own child. And and I'm just eternally grateful that God gave us that opportunity to use those resources.
0: Well, I think next, as we really even move through this, uh, you know, what Ashley would you say are some of the biggest needs of children during this time? So certainly we, we talk about education, but, but what are some of these needs that children need? Because what we learn and, and what we see in educating our children is that, yes, a lot of it is the book smarts. Yes, a lot of it is the, the teaching of the facts and the math facts and the, the grammar and, and all of those basic things. But there's also an emotional component as well that our children need to be able to learn well. What, what, what do you say are some of the biggest needs of children during this time?
3: Yeah, so I would say that children need parents to be emotionally available for them. So to help them process through the things that are going on in their lives, um, whether that's canceled sports, canceled dance activities, canceled senior year graduations, those type of things, um, to help them just talk through their feelings and how they're dealing with all of this. So we don't want them to stuff all that down inside. We want them to be able to talk to us and to be available for us to, to help them sort through those things. Um, I also think just clearly defined limits is just always a good parenting um, tip. Um, also, responsibilities. So, um, if you know you're spending more time at home and your kids normally are off to school, so that maybe they don't help out that much with chores at home. Now is a great time to help them take more responsibilities with dishes and clothes and <laughs> cleaning and um, any any of those other. Uh, life skill type of things. This is a great time to be teaching them that, and it makes them feel like a valuable part of the home and a valuable part of their family. Um, Also, just balanced nutrition, uh, making sure that, like Cheryl said, the breakfast, lunch, and dinner thing. I mean, it it can get to be two o'clock, and you're like, oh, wait, we forgot to eat lunch. That's why everyone's cranky. So, just, you know, making sure that that basic need is met, Um, and then also movement. So, you know, trying to get outside every day, or if if it's rainy like it is here uh, in Birmingham today, um, finding you know the We Fit or finding a, a dance video or you know something that they can do to get their body engaged. And then um, the the last thing I would say is just some type of creative play. So pull out those paints and Play-Doh and markers and colored pencils and um, go to YouTube and find an art class or you know something that you've pinned on Pinterest, an activity that that's waiting there to happen. Um, I also think that just actually allowing them to have unstructured time develops creativity because there a lot of times, you know, we're shuffling kids from here to here to there, and they don't have time just to kind of sit and think. And that downtime allows their brain to just go over the experiences that they've had and actually turn them into memories. And so, um, I love this quote by Sally Clarkson. She wrote a lot of books, but one of them that I love is called mission of motherhood. And she said, um, this is more about, about reading, but she said, children need to be read to, to have their brains filled with moral strength values and stories that inspire. So if if you don't know what to do, read to your kids. I know that sounds so basic at, at this time, but like, honestly, we need to get back to the basics. So have them read by themselves for 30 minutes at least today, and then do some type of family read aloud a day. And if you need suggestions for that, they're all over the internet. But one of my favorites is the read aloud revival by Sarah McKenzie. She has book lists for boys, book lists for girls, book lists for middle school grades, just a plethora of resources there. Um, And also I will plug image bearers in the back of image bearers, um, Herbie's book, uh, there is a list that we created of family resources, book suggestions for families. And um, just to kind of hit a few of those, one of our favorites is called Hero Tales. And it's, a, it's called a, a Family Treasury of True Stories from the Lives of Christian Heroes. So I think it's particularly helpful when our whole society is living through a difficult time to go back and remind yourself of all the people in history who lived through difficult times and actually made it and saw God's faithfulness uh, to them during that time. And so that always helps encourage my heart. And so I feel like it would also help encourage our children's hearts. There's another series we love called Christian Heroes Now and Then. And so that's, um, you know, heroes of the faith like Adnariah Judson and um, Billy Graham and lots of other ones. Um, And then another resource we love is called Window on the World, and it is a prayer guide. So it goes through different countries in the world. I also think it's good to kind of get your your mind off of yourself during a time like this. I think we can we can turn inward and go, whoa is me, this is so hard. And it is, I'm not discounting that. But at the same time, if we teach ourselves, preach, preach to our own hearts and to our to help our children think about others, and that is a good prayer guide that helps you go through how to pray specifically for each country in the world. And we know that this virus has infected someone in all, nearly every country in the world. And so um, a lot of these countries are unreached, and so that's a, a huge prayer point is just to pray that the gospel would go forth in these, in these countries, and that when people are faced with death, um, sometimes people don't think about death, but right now people are thinking about death, and so that we would use this opportunity to um, help our children um, think about eternity and, help them, and have them to pray for other people's eternity as well.
0: Amen, and help them get a a bigger resource. And so to know that this time that we have is not just about education or keeping them on that learning curve, but it's also about shepherding their hearts, which ultimately will build a great bridge to the educational needs that they have. Okay, so Ammar and Cheryl, I'm thinking I'm hearing these things and I've heard what you said. And yeah, that's easy for you guys because y'all are the professionals. You've been doing this for a long time but I'm just really, I'm just really scared. I'm gonna mess my kid up. So for that mom, for that dad that's out there going, I hear you, but I'm gonna mess my kid up. You know, Aunt Mara, why don't you start? What would you say to those parents on, that are just fearful that I'm gonna mess this up, I'm gonna mess them up, I'm gonna ruin everything, and I'm actually going to ruin all my college scholarship opportunities because of this time?
1: Well, uh, God probably wants us at exactly at that point. He wants us to realize that we probably aren't capable of doing uh, anything uh, right, to be honest with you. And that's exactly where he wants us to be because we've become more dependent on him. Uh, but uh, all I to say It's okay. You're not going to. God knows where these kids are, and He knows exactly where you are right now. And He is going to give you the strength to uh, to work through those issues, although it feels hard. this This morning, I read from Psalm 18, verse 31, uh, where it says, "For who is God but the Lord, and who is a rock except our God, the God who equipped me with strength and makes my way blameless." He made my feet like the feet of a deer. He set me secure on the heights. He trains my hands for war so that my arms could bend about the bow of bronze. You have given me the shield of your salvation and your right hand supported me and your gentleness made me great. So, I mean, when I uh, get stuck in my mind with uh, being overwhelmed with thinking I'm going to mess my kids up, I just have to remember that my kids are not mine. They're the Lord's. Mm. And, um, and so, and he's going to give me the strength to, to make my way blameless. And he's going to give my feet, uh, he's going to set my feet on a rock and I will be secure in him. So um, I just try to remind myself as Ashley said, just to remember the truths of what we know about God and uh, what we know about who he has made us to be.
2: I completely agree with everything anne just said. I mean, we have as much to do with our children's education as we do with somebody accepting Christ when we share the gospel. We can't say, well, I'm not going to share the gospel because I'm going to mess it up. But you know what? The Holy Spirit is responsible for that. And God will work through us to educate our children. This is an amazing gift we've actually been given to shore up our kids education during this time whether we're you know it's just like a jenga puzzles what i tell my friends and you know a lot of times maybe class was going too fast for your kid and they missed something specific Or, you know, they just they were out for a little bit of time and they missed something or they just don't have a concept. And especially like in math or in reading, now they're now building on that. And you have this great opportunity to go back and go, okay, let's work on math facts, let's let's read, let's let's do no red ink, let's do phonics, let's do whatever. You're having these times to do basic things with your kids to see where they really are in all of this. And it's it's a gift of time that that we won't get ever again, probably. So it's just a gift to be able to shore up your kids, um, their holes and their needs. And, you know, for the most part, we taught our kids how to eat, we taught our kids how to walk, we taught our kids how to go to the bathroom. So we can do this, we can do this.
3: Yeah, and I would just love to piggyback on what you said, Cheryl, in that I am encouraging my own heart and my kids as well to think about this as an opportunity. Like you said, this will probably not happen again. And I want to be able to look back and say, this is these are things that we did during the corona quarantine. And I told them this will be in history books. This is like the Black Plague. This will be in history books. One day your kids will come to you and say, Hey, mom or dad, tell me about what your experience was like during the coronavirus. And how cool would it be if you could say, my family read this book or we memorized the 23rd Psalm or we did, we played, you know, lots of family games. We went on bike rides, all these different things. So to look at it instead of like, Oh, this is awful. Instead, look at it as like, this is an amazing opportunity that the Lord has given us. So let's be wise with our time.
0: Yeah. So let's, let's start with Ashley and then Cheryl and then Amora you, you finish this off on this one, but what are some resources educationally that you do suggest, you know, Cheryl, you just mentioned uh, red ink and, and, and y'all have, y'all have mentioned some other resources. Give us some comprehensive resources that each of you suggest that families can be utilizing during this time.
3: Okay. So you just gave me a big old open door. So um, for book list, I already mentioned Sarah McKenzie and the reader out read aloud revival. I also love, Sunlight, it's S-O-N-L-I-G-H-T Sunlight. You can find their book list um, online and they have them broken down by age groups and they're all wonderful book lists because I know no one's going to the library right now, but when you start to just think of all the different books that are out there, it can be extremely overwhelming. And so I personally like to have a recommendation. Um, there's also library apps like Hoopla and I and I noticed that Audible is doing free audiobooks, so that's a great way to get read aloud in if your voice is tired. My, my voice gets tired during the day talking so much to my kids. So I'll say, go listen to 30 minutes of an audiobook. There's also a really cool thing. Um, it's called storylineonline.net and they're famous people reading picture books to children. And so um, I don't know of their moral content, so please screen them before if you're, you know, concerned about that. So this is not an endorsement of every book on there, but um, I did see some familiar titles when we looked at that. Um, We have also enjoyed the Cincinnati Zoo is doing a live video of an animal, a different animal each day. And so they're also uploaded to YouTube after the fact. So if you can't catch it at the live time, you can do that after the fact. Um, and so my kids watch one this morning about a rhino and then another one about a hippo and a penguin and all this different thing. So that's a great way. That's science. Just check, check the box for science. You've gotten science completed for the day. Um, another online resource that we love, it's called Veritas Press. So if your kids are out of school and maybe they're um, maybe they their teachers are not sending them any work. I know it's, it's differing. I've heard everything from, Class as usual online to nothing. So, if you're more on the nothing side, um, Veritas Press has self paced history and Bible classes. And I, I think that they are on sale right now. I also have a code for $25 off, I can somehow link that. For y'all, um, but we've used that in our home, and it's it's self-paced. So you could do two lessons today and two lessons tomorrow, and then not again till till next week. And you get to pick your different time periods. So you could do like ancient history, you could do American history, um, and they it's mainly for uh, I think second grade through sixth grade, and then they have some for the, the middle grades as well. So um, I'll stop there so that I can let Cheryl and Anmara tell some of their mm. favorite resources.
2: Okay, uh, for me, we do a lot of math at our house. And so we use uh, Fact Monster. Uh, We also use Nicole, the math lady, who's a Harvard grad who explains every lesson in Saxon math from third grade all the way up through calculus and trig. We also use Saxon has a math facts page where you can put in your own numbers, your time limit, no time limit, and let your kids just practice that way. We also have used Khan Academy to understand some of the concepts and one site that I really uh, like is Virtual Nerd and that is a lady who goes on and explains the concepts of math you can look up any concept you want to know in math and she explains how to do it but she explains the reason behind it so it makes a lot of sense even to adults for English we've also used no red ink and kids love no red ink because you can pick either TV shows, movies, your friends' names, your pets' names, books, authors, everything, to put into English practice. It's free, and you can put it into all of your English practice. My uh, boys love football, and so the sentences will have to do with famous football players. And they're much more inclined to do that because it's something that interests them. Um, We also found this site, and it's called Books V-O-O-K-S, And it's actually for younger children. And I love it because it highlights each word as they're reading these books and there's music in the background and they use voices and you're not seeing anybody except for the book. Um, It's like Chicka Chicka Boom Boom and books like that. They're all for younger kids. It's an excellent resource and it's free um, for anybody right now. Also, Duolingo for your kid who's older to learn a foreign language. It's great practice right now. we also have been doing the Bible project, which if you want your kids to learn about the book of the Bible, it's just a great summary of the books of the Bible. And then the last one I would say is the Smithsonian channel for different places they are highlighting around the world. Like each state has um, a video about it. The different parks have a video about it. It's just an excellent resource for your kids to get some history that they might not have time to get otherwise.
1: Yes, and I'll, uh, I'll jump on that bandwagon as well as far as, uh, you know, have a whole list of uh, resources. But, you know, since I work with a lot of children with learning differences, um, I like to focus in on uh, the cognitive fitness type programs and programs that kind of help build cognitive functioning and executive learning. So uh, so for a visual processing um, type of um Um, game or cognitive fitness, I do I Can Learn, E-Y-E, Can Learn, C-A-N-L-E-A-R-N. It's got lots of different activities. Uh, There's Go Noodle, which is a very popular um, um, website that a lot of schools use for movement, and it also deals a lot with your reflexes and a lot of OT type of um, activities. There's integrated learning strategies, uh, sensory processing 101 for just activities for kids, who are very sensory needy and have um, uh, just a great need, need of a sensory diet? Um, there are uh, different places like uh, uh, Equipping Minds are is filled with games that you can play that are is going to help with uh, processing speed and working memory. So I tend to go into those uh, those areas to look for some resources as far as games and things as well too. So. Lots of resources out there. It can be overwhelming. I will say that I have gotten to where I point on social media that I've just created a folder and I've just stick all the ideas in that folder. So I know they're there. And if I get stuck and need something, I have a place to go back and look for a few things.
0: Yeah, that's certainly all very helpful resources and resources that I'm sure will help families in this journey. So ladies, just, just as we end, uh, what would you say are just some of the the ways that that families can really key in on what's best for their children, right? All of our children are unique. And so all of these resources are unique. But just as we close, as families are looking at this new season that they're in, how would you encourage them and how would you counsel them to decide what's best for your child? And even maybe to think that, not even our own children from our uh, from our, our own biological children, right, are going to think differently, and especially not those children that have come from a lot of different places through adoption or foster care. They're not going to process the same either. So how would you encourage these families on, on how just to decide what's best for each individual child?
1: Um, I'll jump in. Um, one of the things, I think that, like you said, we've said before, this is just such a great opportunity to really get to spend time with your kids and really get to figure out how they learn and just who they are and how God has made them. And so, um, there are ways in which you can, you can look to see what their strengths are. Um, that lifeline, we actually have a screening process that you can go and take part in and online. And it kind of, it shows you, you know, where you are processing, uh, visually, how you process things, uh, auditory aud- auditory processing, how you, uh, uh, what your processing speed is. And so those kind of things kind of help us to be able to know and pinpoint areas that we can strengthen, but also can help us to see where, um, where our strengths are as well. And so, and how to just uh, create some confidence uh, and to build our kids up. And so, yeah, I think being able to be able to see that uh, is, would, is a great place to start to be able to know what our kids need.
2: Um, for us, you know, it's not that we're spending 24 hours a day as a family. So sometimes when people hear it, they think, Oh, you homeschool. So you're with your kids and you should enjoy being with your kids 24 hours a day. And, and that's not necessarily the case is that we still have sports. and so we still go to a co-op and we're out and about all the time. So this is creating a lot more togetherness, togetherness than most of us are used to or feel comfortable with. And so one thing that we do in our house is just to ask everybody what's something that you need to do today? What's something that you want to do today? What's a way that you can serve other people? And so we try to get to what everybody kind of wants to do that day and what they need to do, whether it's chores or learning some life skill like how to do laundry or how to send an appropriate email to a teacher, whatever it may be. And we're trying to rotate our time with one-on-one with a child, you know, two children, maybe together, they're helping, you know, learn something. They're always doing, they're doing something or they're exercising, but we're trying to do, you know, an abundance of things um, and not just spend 24 hours a day all all together up in one another's space I mean, I was telling my kids this morning, this is why God gave Adam and Eve a big garden. Because, <laughs> you know, sometimes a little too much togetherness. We kind of need that little separation for all of us. But it is, it's an opportunity for us to change our children's perspective and how they're looking at something to see this as an opportunity that we're not going to ever get again.
0: Hmm. Well, ladies, I thank you so much for just this time, very timely wisdom and help and instruction for these families. And I'm going to ask my sweet wife, Ashley, just to, just to pray for all of these new homeschool families and to pray for our nation and our world during this time as we close out this podcast.
3: Dear Lord, we just come to you right now. We just thank you that you are faithful and that you are the sovereign controller of all things and that you um, hold the world in your hand even when it feels like uh, lots of chaos is going on. And we thank you that we can come to you um, because of your son's death on the cross, that we are able to enter into your presence. And we thank you for that. We know that that is a high privilege. And so I lift up all the families who are listening to this right now, the ones who have been homeschooling, the ones who have been thrust into this um, unexpectedly. And so, Lord, um, I know there are a lot of different emotions that people are feeling right now, probably Um, frustrated, probably scared, um, anxious. And Lord, I just pray that you would calm our anxieties and that you would know that that we would know that you are with us. And we thank you for that promise that you will never leave us. And um, we thank you for the promise that says that in this world we will have trouble, but that you have overcome the world. And so I just pray um, for our hearts to be steadied on you. And I just pray for abundant clarity and wisdom for these families. Lord, there are so many resources out there. And even maybe the resources we mentioned today could could feel overwhelming to a new homeschooling um, family. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would help families sort through the different things that have been mentioned here, plus all the different things that they're getting via email and social media. And, Lord, I just pray that you would um, give parents a specific wisdom for their specific family and their, their specific children, that they would know the best ways to help and that they would also give themselves grace to know that, Hey, maybe we're going to try something today and it may not work. And so we'll try something new tomorrow. Lord, I pray that our families would see this time um, as an opportunity um, and not as a curse, but as an opportunity that we have to spend time together as families to draw closer to you to draw closer to each other, to grow in, in our spiritual walks, to grow in um, life skills, and to grow in our education. And um, even though our education at home may not look the same as it looks at school, I just pray that you would help families know that, they're, that, they, that their children are being educated, even if it looks a little different, even if it is um, them spending more time exercising or doing crafts, or, or just doing reading, Lord, all of those things are growing um, our children as people. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help um, give us much clarity as we move forward in these uncertain days. And we thank you that you are our rock and our fortress and our God that we can come to with anything. And I pray all of these things in Christ's name. Amen.
0: Well, again, thanks for joining us for this podcast, the special podcast that we are presenting because of COVID-19 to help families really be able to adjust and have the resources they need through these trying times. We thank you to Cheryl Turner and Mara Hinton and Ashley Newell for joining us. And again, if you want more information on Bridge Educational Services, go to lifelinechild.org backslash bridge.